Welcome. Thanks for joining us. This is episode two, part one of Beyond the Illusion. In the early stages of developing this podcast, Tiana and I came up with a list of topics that we wanted to explore further in separate episodes. One of these topics was astrology. I didn't know that much about astrology before I started researching for this episode, but I thought it was going to be an excellent topic to dive into for a couple of different reasons. The first reason was because I really wasn't that familiar with it, so it held this mysterious quality in my mind, and naturally I wanted to learn more about it. The second reason was I felt like it held the potential to help people. I felt like it might even be able to help them figure out where they're going in life. We're going to bring on Shannon Gill in today's episode. She's Tiana's longtime friend, and that was important to me because from the beginning stages of imagining what this podcast might be like, I anticipated that we would have trouble vetting people as guests because from my own experience and from what other people have told me, when you start talking about these topics, people seem to know a lot, but they don't really have the credentials or experience to back it up. And even if they do, sometimes it's hard for them to articulate those experiences into language that everyone can relate to. But in this case, I was really happy that we found someone that Tiana was already friends with. And when I started researching Shannon myself, I found that she has a degree or is certified in the following. Contemplative psychology, expressive arts and healing. She's a Jungian life coach and archetypal psychotherapist and a professional evolutionary astrologer, as well as being a board member of several astrology groups, both local and international. With all of these credentials and the fact that she's Tiana's friend, I got really excited that she was coming on the podcast. And as you're about to see, as the conversation with her progressed, I began to become more and more curious about what it would be like to see Shannon as a client. So you'll have to listen to the end of this episode to find out what happened with that. Now let's go to the conversation with Shannon Gill, Tiana Roser, and myself. my friend Shannon Gill here and she's an evolutionary astrologer and she's going to tell us about what that is and her journey and some of the transits that are happening in astrology. But first of all, we'd just really like to hear how one becomes an astrologer. I know it's not something that as a child you're probably thinking, when I grow up I'm going to become an astrologer. Is <laughs> something that must have evolve through life experiences, and I'd love to hear that story. Sure. Thank you, Tiana. I am happy to be here. And I think that's a complicated question, and I think it's unique to each astrologer. But I think that in general, people are born to this path that are seekers. They're really trying to find answers to the deeper life questions, which often comes through intensity or some kind of um, journey in the underworld or an interest in psychology or something beyond the illusion, you would say. Uh, for me, I definitely you know, feel like I, I've studied the stars many lifetimes, and so it was kind of a remembering, but the, the 3D experience I had was just many years in the underworld. 
as a you know youth a lot of intensity a lot of loss and death and addiction in my family and just a lot of um, tumultuous chaotic life circumstances which sort of thrust me into what I know now is part of my greatest gift which was an understanding of the depth of the psyche and the process of transformation and and what happens when one actually surrenders to some of those deeper realms is that it can catalyze great awakening and so I think that for me it was really just a process of trying to survive a lot of um, uh, circumstances that were very intense a lot of depression a lot of um, issues that I was trying to sort through and then finding astrology and having what I consider a map to your life purpose was extremely validating um, for me personally I have five planets in the eighth house of Scorpio Scorpio is the the energy that rules that underworld it rules transformation and alchemy and all of that and so to have someone to translate to me through a map of the stars at the moment of my birth that actually my years of trauma and chaos and pain were intricately woven into my gifts as a healer was a way that became empowering. So then I said, okay, there's something here. And I'll never forget my first reading. I was actually 30 years old and I had already been studying psychology and uh, different forms of healing at that point. But I knew that day, the first time I ever had someone professionally read my chart, that I was to be an astrologer. And so that was my path. And there's many different roads. There are a lot of certification programs out there. I personally went to two different schools. I went to the Archetypal Academy, and I actually am an archetypal astrologer as well. So that's Jungian-based, Carl Jung. Um, and then I went on to do a professional certification as an evolutionary astrologer. So that all in all was about six years of actual study. However, there are astrologers out there that are self-studied and you can learn a lot just online or through books. And you know there is no criteria or standardization necessarily at this point, although we are working towards that. I'm actually on the board of the Organization for Professional Astrologers, which is an international organization where we're pushing to have a more of a standardized credential certification program that can oversee ethics and things like that to really um, substantiate and validate the, the science of astrology. I'm pausing the interview briefly here to explain some terminology. Shannon has just described what an astrological chart is, and I'll play that again for you right now. A map of the stars at the moment of my birth. Here's another definition from astrostyle.com. An astrology birth chart, also called an astrology natal chart, is a map of where all the planets were in their journey around the sun at the exact moment you were born. Something that's also mentioned in this conversation is the concept of a node. Bustle.com describes it as, Each of your nodes has their own sign in your birth chart, just like planets do, but they're not actually celestial objects like planets and stars. They're simply points, mathematical points, which take into account the relationship between the sun, earth, and moon at the time of our birth. Without getting too deep into the mathematical and astronomical specifics of how it's calculated in your chart, it's essentially where the lines of the moon's monthly path meet the lines of the sun's yearly path around the zodiac. Given that these points are theoretical and don't exist in the physical plane, 
It makes sense then that the nature of the concepts governed by these points are more spiritual and ethereal. at least somewhat familiar or curious about astrology and I think it's re-emerging I you know astrology was an innate part of of life you know for many centuries until basically the patriarchy came in and sort of subsumed a lot of the the systems and the sciences and the magic that gave us direct access to to the spirit realm and to the sacred the sacred knowledge and so it's been underground for you know many many centuries and and that's part of the awakening i think that's going on on the planet is where we're getting to rediscover and you know as far as there's a lot of misunderstanding about astrology it's people think it's really woo woo but it's actually based in science it's all mathematical it's all mathematical equation of the placement of and the alignment of the planets at a moment in time so yeah that's kind of the way i thought of it too is it, it there, there has to be a lot of science behind it because yeah. of the positioning of the planets and all that that Absolutely. goes into it and um is that something that was a big part of your study period when you were learning how to do this or was it, it was. a lot about that yeah because you're studying the angles and the, the relationships between the planets and so you know often we work with squares and trines and sextiles which are all just geometric patterns in the sky mm. okay. and how the planets are relating to one another so it's quite actually complex in that way um, and I astrology is really a lifelong study uh, but my partner Russell Olhausen actually has pretty much devoted his life to what we consider um, sacred math like you know a way to uh, interpret the astrology in mathematical and scientific terms to prove to the scientific world that it is valid. And he has his own, own, own body of research and knowledge that actually does that through Fibonacci sequence and through the golden spiral and all of those scientific and, and mathematical equations that it actually, you can prove astrology through those systems. Yeah, and I think they're finding like more and more of that as time goes on, right? Like as our technology improves, they're mm -hmm. seeing, they're starting to see that that oh, this stuff that they were talking about like a long time ago is actually true. Yes, and we weren't able to know that now in terms of like real scientific data until we have right. like all these satellites that are out there like looking at things now. That's right. And, um, it's exciting times, actually, yeah. to live in. Yeah, I, I saw like a like a post, you know, on Instagram or something about how some of the planets, how they revolve around each other actually makes these geometric patterns, like these right. designs, yeah, and they're, sh they're actually shapes. Uh-huh, they are, they're beautiful. Like Venus makes a really beautiful pentagram mm -hmm. over her eight-year cycle. And so it's, it's as above, so below. I mean, some of the Fibonacci yeah. spirals that we see in nature are actually happening in the cosmos and they're happening in an intercellular level. I mean, everything is everything, basically. So you mentioned um, Jungian astrology, and I'm a big fan of Carl Jung. Yeah. I'd love to hear sort of um, what is involved in Jungian astrology in comparison to evolutionary astrology mm -hmm. for all of us novices that don't just thought, oh, there's just astrology, oh, there's sure. different types. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. There's really a, a, many, many different types and styles and schools of astrology. and. For me, uh, archetypal and Jungian, excuse me, and uh, evolutionary are both soul-based, and that's really my my passion is to help people to align with their deeper soul karma and dharma, 
through the multiple life journey. And so archetypal astrology is basically there's laws of rulership and everybody has a certain number of ruling archetypes in their chart based on these laws. Um, there's 12 main archetypes in the zodiac. And so, which are the signs basically, the astrological signs. And the placement in, of the sun, the moon and the ascendant are the first primary ruling archetypes in the chart. And archetypes are basically patterns of energy that are living through us on a soul level. They, you know, characterize our gifts, our challenges, our drives, what motivates us, our personality style. I think the most empowering aspect of knowing your archetypal rulers is that they all have a very specific purpose and they have a spectrum of light and shadow. And so if we know that we're being sort of, dominated with these particular archetypal uh, energies moving through us, then we can find ways to align ourselves and to create a vessel for that energy to live through us so that we can actually um, create more of a flow in our life. So um, yeah, so that's the first three, the, the what we call the Trinity, which is the sun, the moon, the ascendant would be your first three primary rulers. And then any planet conjunct any of those three in the sky, which is conjunct means really close to. And and so, you know, archetypes are, are ways that we can uh, tap into these collective soul imprints that we have, you know? So your son is in- Cancer. Cancer, so that's the archetype of the nourishing mother. And so because it's the sun, the sun has to do with the masculine essence of your being, just like the rays of the sun give us life. Your sun is your gift to life. So your gift is connected to being nurturing, caring, receptive, giving, um, protective, all of those things. And it's also one of the healers. So the more you can kind of uh, explore the archetypal domain, it helps to give you, usually it's validating because this is who we are. more depth of understanding of what your soul is trying to express in the life. And then evolutionary astrology, I feel, is really the base note of the chart, whereas the archetypes are sort of like the clothes we're wearing in this life. You've chosen a woman's body, you've chosen to come in when the sun was in cancer, you know, and but that's just one drop in the ocean, this one lifetime. But who you are on this deeper, unchanging, Um, soul level travels with you through the multiple lifetimes and that's what is so amazing about the evolutionary astrology is it talks about what are the patterns that you're cycling with through multiple lifetime journey understanding that we're eternal beings shannon just mentioned multiple lifetimes and this is something that came up again and again for me when i very first started getting into this kind of material was this idea of reincarnation and the idea that each and every one of us lives multiple lifetimes on this earth. This is something that I think is almost assumed by people who work in this field and who have done any kind of study in spirituality, that reincarnation is what's happening with all of us and that we're here to live multiple lifetimes so that we can learn different lessons in each lifetime. And I just wanted to say that you will hear that again and again. It's kind of an underlying theme that most people who come on this podcast are going to talk about. And even for Tiana and I, we are going to speak about multiple lifetimes. I just wanted to give you a heads up so that if you're not familiar with this kind of idea, then you know that's what we're talking about when we mention this incarnation or this lifetime. 
and what is it that your soul is trying to balance out or to heal or to find alignment with or to express and when we're looking at evolutionary astrology we're looking at the nodes of the moon which is called the destiny line so i can see where you've come from in previous lifetimes where you got stuck and what your soul has a contract to fulfill in this lifetime which helps to um, bring us into alignment with our deeper purpose I remember that was really mind-boggling to me when I got the reading from you yes. and you gave me that information mm -hmm. because my north node was in Capricorn and my mm -hmm. south node was in Cancer mm -hmm. and all this time I had been resisting or rejecting yes. <laughs> the Capricorn energy, this kind of you know structured and goal-oriented um, energy, thinking that that was um, society trying to force me into that role mm -hmm. and then when you gave me that information and I realized like, oh, I came in wanting to learn that and I need mm -hmm. that and that's gonna help me be balanced and flourish. And then since then, and that was a couple of years ago, since then I really embraced that and it's helped me so much in my life. Mm -hmm. And so I think that a lot of times people think of astrology as just fortune telling. Mm -hmm. And you know, the type of astrology that you do is so much deeper than that. Mm -hmm. And so such a helpful, I like you said, a map. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a helpful map to help us navigate, to know who we are and where we're trying to go and how we can get there. Yeah. Yeah, for me, it's it's invaluable. Everybody needs to know their chart. It's like, if we have a map, why wouldn't we use it? <laughs> and as far as the therapeutic relationship, it's it's such an acceleration into the deeper work with people because I'm also a counselor and a life coach so I always start with a reading because then it's like it's all laid out right there what we're going to try to get to whereas in a normal counseling relationship it takes you know weeks or months to establish rapport and then you wonder if they're really going to reveal all these things and it's like it's right here in front of me <laughs> so yeah. it's very helpful so you're saying I should become an astrologer so that I can better work with my clients now it's it's complex I've looked into yeah. it before and I've just been like my mind was like overwhelmed and I'm like okay I just need somebody like Shannon to tell me rather than for me to try to look at it and figure it out it is true it's complex However, I'm very passionate that you can learn just a little bit and know just enough about astrology to follow it, to really have it empower your life. And I do work with a lot of people and I do a lot of beginning classes and uh, astrology circles to help people learn, you know, just monthly, like what does it mean that the sun's in Aquarius? What does a new moon in, in Leo mean? You know, and where does that fall in your chart? Oh, okay. You know, and it's just sort of like um, a puzzle. And then if there's an interest there, a natural interest, then the, the knowledge will come easy and to want to grow with. Yeah. So. We were even talking earlier about how when you look at someone's chart, you can even see how best to communicate with them. Oh, sure. Too. So it's right. I found that really interesting, too. So you have a practice where people come to you and then you read their chart for them and then yes. kind of, I guess, coach them on where they can improve or what they need to work on mm -hmm. and even involves their past lives, I guess, mm -hmm. too. And um, so, so say if I came to you mm -hmm. and how would that go? How would that work? What do we do? Sure. Well, I would need your birth date, your exact time, which is sometimes tricky for people. And they come in okay. and say, I was born at four o'clock. I'm like, ah, sounds like someone's guessing <laughs> because everything in astrology and the, and the Zodiac changes pretty dramatically every four minutes. And so oh, wow. we assume if it's four o'clock, it's very rarely it's four, which is like 403 or four. So having your exact time. And if you don't have that ordering a birth certificate from the city, um, the clerk in the where you were born is $15. 
and the place. And then we just sit down and, and kind of explain what I did to you about what I, what, how I work. And, but I, there's definitely an exchange of energy that happens. It's not just about me telling them something or, 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 you know, it's, there's an exchange of energy where it's a conversation. And I, I ask them to be a part of that because the planets and the signs are very accurate in their energetics, but they can manifest in innumerable ways based on the person, their level of evolution, their environment. Two people with the exact same chart, but growing up in different parts of the world are going to probably have some different experiences. So I feel like there's an alchemy that happens in the, in the space whatever you wherever you are in the moment whatever's true for you is going to come through and that's going to help me to focus on what aspect of the chart really wants to come through but i would basically just start by telling going through your archetypal rulers you'd let me know where your questions lie at that moment in your life um, I, I like to create a little container a little sacred crucible for the energy we do that together and then we dive into the deeper part which is the evolutionary which sometimes can get into some of the unconscious wounded areas and some of the painful um, the, the challenging aspects of someone's life but I feel that people come to me because they're ready to burn through and they're wanting to face whatever it is and so we spend the first hour or so doing that and then we look at the transits which is where you are on the journey today so we'd say okay here's your entire life if not multiple lifetime journey which is a lot in one hour and what chapter are you in and then we'll see and we'll look at what's happening for you which is really good for planning and strategizing and timing in your life because there's a there's a time to reap and there's a time to sow. There's a time to move. There's a time to break up with you know a new partner. So there's you can see these things in the chart, which can be extremely helpful and empowering for decision making. Okay. Have you ever had a reading? No. Oh, that's. <laughs> I right before uh, you came, I asked him like, "Hey, have you ever seen your whole chart?" And uh-huh. he said, "No." And I said, "Oh, let's let's plug it in, you know, uh-huh. since it's too late to like ask Shannon to do anything." Um, and then I said, "Do you know when you were born?" And he said, "Oh, I'm going to text my mom." And I said, oh. "Well, do you have your birth certificate?" <laughs> and then it turned out his mom gave him a totally different time. So luckily, he found his birth certificate. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. I just pulled it out. I didn't know what ah. time I was born, but now I do. So, okay, well, yeah. yeah, we could we could take a peek if we have time. I have it on my phone, the programs. So. Oh, yeah, <laughs> oh. we plugged it into like one of those free online ones, uh-huh. and even that was like so complex. I was like, Tim, you're gonna have to read this later. Like, there's so much information here. <laughs> yeah, th- a lot came too, and what what I read was actually really accurate. It's kind of yeah. strange. Yeah, it's wild, huh? Yeah. yeah. So, for you uh, personally, do you? I'm sure you're very intimate with your own chart, mm-hmm. and do you make decisions based on that a lot of times? Oh, or sure. How do you, how but do you... I will say, even astrologers can be knocked over by the transits and the planets. It's like, even though you know something's coming, it's, um, you know, you can be witnessing it, but still going through it, if that makes sense. Sort mm-hmm. of like, you know, the, the, the hawk vision, but the, the emotional body and the ego is still having to process and move through things. But it's incredibly helpful to have the, the information because then, you know, why am I going through this? What's being asked of me and when will it end? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I, you know, we were talking earlier, Tiana and I about astrology in general and I'm really not that familiar with it but I've always had this general impression that there are a lot of like these moving bodies around us right and like planets and the moon and the sun and 
I've I've noticed, I mean, and a lot of people have, obviously the moon in general, it has a really strong effect on people. Like Mm -hmm. when it's about to be a full moon, people are acting really wild. And Mm -hmm. um, when it's, you know, not, it's people are pretty even keel. Mm -hmm. And I always thought like, you know, it's so it's so powerful the moon but it's so close too you know on all, all these other bodies are around us moving too and i'm sure it's having an effect on us it's just more subtle absolutely and you know if you're thinking like that you know i i see there's a there's actually a lot to it even just in that really simple form mm-hmm. but how how did you like you i know you said you were you felt like called kind of to this work mm-hmm. um how did you find yourself like actually doing it how did you get to that point in your life like Mm -hmm. what what was it that made you want to look into this to begin with well i was already studying psychology um i went to naropa university in boulder which is a buddhist university which is an integration of eastern and western psychology so working with the mind through meditation um and then you know as i mentioned having that first reading uh i was so impacted by it and I was already knew I was going to be doing spiritual counseling with people. I just it just felt like a calling that I I couldn't not answer. And then the the pieces fell into place, just like I feel is the way that the universe operates when you're in alignment with your soul's path. Is that you get the inspiration, it feels right in your being. Um, you make a decision, and the path reveals itself. So there just happened to be another school in in boulder that i had a friend that was going to that school it was the archetypal academy and i just had the means to do so i just signed up i mean it was kind of just a no-brainer you know um and then but then i really got that i wanted to do this on a professional level and that's where i went on to the second school and a lot of these astrology schools they make it accessible where they're, they're distance learning, it's webinar style, or my particular school, which was with Maurice Fernandez, we would meet um, every few months in some sacred place and do these intensives, and then you'd have homework and, and whatnot. But I will say it's something you have to constantly be, be studying. It's just, you know, and um, something I didn't really realize. There's a lot to it that I didn't realize when I signed up for this. I was like, oh, I have to write, and I have to, I have to do webinars. <laughs> you know? You have to, if people are going to come to you, they have to know who you are and what you're standing for. So there's been a lot of growth in that. But I will say that it's a, such an intricate science, and it's always changing. This, the planets are always changing, so there's a lot of prediction. You have to be constantly keeping up with the trends, and and it's also connected to the past. So you've got to connect to history based on the astrology. Okay, well, the last time Uranus and Taurus, what was going on on the planet? Now it's going to be back in Uranus and Taurus. So that gives us clues as to the themes to expect and to anticipate because a lot of astrology is about anticipating and predicting certain um, dynamics so that you can then forecast for your clients. I was wondering, is there a possibility of over astrologizing if that's a word (laughs) Um, by giving like too much power over to astrology Um, I was wondering like how much do you believe in fate versus having control over one's Mm. destiny and then where does astrology play into that great question yeah I think that that's been one of the issues with um, you know the misunderstanding around astrology which makes it easy to sort of uh, deny or neglect any 
validity in it is that astrology is not predictive necessarily. You have free will. So it's really the marriage of of the two where there's a map and there are the planets are not doing something to us. We are in this dance with them. And so if we know what the dance is and what the dance steps are, you have a choice of how you want to move with them. So for example, if you don't know something's coming, something that's maybe going to require some depth work like a Pluto transit. Pluto rules death and rebirth, transformation, change. Uh, and you, you're hit, you're struck by this energy and you're not really have no idea about astrology and you don't know what's going on. You could easily go into victimization or, you know, what's wrong with my life? Why is everything falling apart? Whereas through the astrological lens, especially the evolutionary, there is no negative or malefic astrological or life experience. Everything is perfect in the sense of serving your your specific needs for awakening, growth, and evolution. Um, there are astrologers and astrology schools out there that promote more of the um, you know predict predictive side of astrology, which I personally don't ascribe to that much. I think that there can be harm done, and it can also um, astrologers have a lot of responsibility. You know, a lot of people are calling them the modern priests because people are coming to them looking for for spiritual guidance. And so, I'm always very careful not to place any kind of assumption on how something's going to play out. I will just say, here is the themes. You're at a crossroads in your relationship. That means you can go this way or this way. What you can't deny is that you can't deny the problems anymore, that the issues and the themes are going to be thrown in your face. What you do with them is your choice. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's great. I've heard that described before, sort of like the weather report. Mm-hmm. Like the weather is going to happen no matter what. Yeah. And it'd be helpful to know if there's a 50% chance of yes. rain or not so that maybe I can prepare for that. Right. But it's, it's not personal. <laughs> right. Yeah. Somebody the other day said, Astro- uh, believing in astrology is like, um, or not, what, no, I'm not going to remember. Hang on just a second. Um, yeah. Believing in astrology is like believing in a hammer or something like that. It was just like, it just is. It's just, it's happening no matter yeah. what. There's nothing to believe in or not, really. I know a lot of people would argue with that, but it makes sense to me. So when you mentioned earlier that, I know there is a lot of exact preciseness to it, mm-hmm. and um, I can see that definitely, you know. But when you're working one on one with the person, it sounds like there is an element that isn't exactly precise, and you're kind of feeling it out. Is that kind of how it works with you? It's true because, like I mentioned, these energies can manifest in more than one manner. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's where the relationship with the client becomes very important. If you tell me what the dynamic is in your life, then it's like, oh, well, this is obviously the direction that the energy is moving in you. If I have no idea what's going on in their life, I just have to give them, it could go like this, it could go like this, this could happen, this could happen. And and sometimes I have to do that because a lot of times clients don't necessarily open up. They just want to hear what you have to say. Um, but it's, I think the most powerful sessions are where there's a real relationship and a dynamic and a flow of sharing that's going on. Yeah. Um, yeah. So on, uh, along those lines, have you seen like pretty big transformations in people based on some of the work that you do with them? Mm, Absolutely. It makes it very validating. I have 
repeat clients that come back, you know, and they're like, everything you said was going to happen just happened exactly when you said, even though that sounds like prediction, I never say what's going to happen. I'm just going to say like, you know, starting in January, you know, you're at this crossroads with your relationship, or you might have opportunities arise in your career these months. You know, I never say you're going to get a promotion. I say it's possible you might, or you might lose your job, just change in the job (laughs) arena, be prepared, be awake, pay attention to opportunities. But that's, that's extremely validating. And, you know, I think also for me, what's deeply fulfilling is people having the more internal shifts, less about the external um, life 3D experience and, and more about the alignment with something deeper, you know, with them. A lot of my work is around helping people remember um, themselves as spiritual beings having a human experience and awakening to that direct experience of consciousness in the body. Um, and again, I, I, I do more than just astrology. I do uh, embodiment work as well. So we do a lot of uh, mind, body, spirit, or head, heart, and hands work at our retreat center. But to have people actually have an awakening to where they have a felt experience of themselves as cosmic beings. I mean, I can sit here and tell you this is you, the map and all that, but to act what gives me the most pleasure is to actually see them live that out and to really own this, you know, divine blueprint that they are. Yeah. Do you um do you see a lot of people where they're having the same sort of things come up from lifetime to lifetime like past life stuff like they're really not working through it and it's pretty much everybody (laughs) (laughs) oh good it's not just me thank you (laughs) yeah that's all of us yeah yes absolutely i mean um but what i see is progress making you know and embracing of just even admitting and knowing what the work is instead of because i feel like by the time people have are are coming to sit with me they already have been doing quite a bit of work you know there's never a coincidence in who i'm going to attract like literally i magnetize particular frequencies based on me and who i am and what i'm about and what chant what vessel of energy is moving through me it's always a miracle i'm like okay i obviously needed to hear this again today so i'm always finding that the things that are coming through me that i'm sharing are like i have to remind myself of you know so i'm always in gratitude for them mirroring something for me isn't that so true i find that also in my practice and i think those of us that do um work in some kind of spiritual work or alternative healing, um, if we're paying attention, we'll notice that, that our clients and our students are mirrors for, I mean, of course, that's true for everybody, everything energetically, but um, when you're in business just for yourself, then you can really see the mirror very clearly because you can't blame like, oh, that's that guy's energy. (laughs) It's like, oh, okay, I guess that's my energy. This is what I needed to hear. Mm -hmm. And I love how much you use the word energy, being an energy worker. (laughs) um, I was telling Tim before that I have, I don't think converted, but maybe opened some people's minds um, before about astrology, even with the very little bit that I know, by describing it in terms of energy and just saying like, well, doesn't it make sense? You know, like he said about, so people know about the moon and the effect Mm -hmm. that it has on our tides. And and then wouldn't it make sense that these other big energetic bodies when they're close to our planet have an effect? And to me, it seems so obvious, but Mm -hmm. you know, this the perspective that we come from but um 
Yeah, thinking of it in terms of energies um, has been helpful, at least for me. And then I guess, because also when you think of energies, then it's more like influences Mm -hmm. rather than um, sentences, this is gonna, you know, happen that way. Yes, absolutely. And each planet has a very specific vibration or energy. Venus is the planet of love. Mercury is the mental realm. Um, you know, the the inner planets, right? Mars, Venus, Mercury. Um, you know, the moon is not a planet, but it's 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 a body that we resonate with in our solar system. They have to, they're called the personal planets, and they affect us more personally because they're closest, right, to the Earth. Then we get to the the planets that are further out, and they're known as the transpersonal planets. So Jupiter, Saturn, Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto. Those affect us more collectively because they're slower moving. And so they are affecting more of the trends and the cultural paradigms and the the um, the systems and and whatnot. Whereas these faster moving inner planets have to do more with our personal personal life and our pers- personality and our inter- uh, interpersonal relationships. Which I don't know if you knew that, but that's pretty interesting. That's so fascinating. Yeah. yeah and. If you don't mind, could you tell us some of, you know, what are these influences that are happening, that are coming in in 2019 this year that are going to be affecting us? Yeah, definitely. Um, I just wrote a blog about this. And so if you're interested in more of a detailed outline, you can go to my website. Um, But I will say that it's always, I think, important to to frame the past with the present and when we're looking at the future. So looking at 2018, it was quite an intense year. There was a, a real focus on collective shadow work, collective and personal shadow work. Um, the Jupiter was in Scorpio for the year and Jupiter is the planet, the largest planet brings expansion to whatever sign it's in. And it spends one year in each sign and it was in Scorpio, which is shadow sex and soul realm and so there was this real um gritty sort of uh catalyzation of people diving into their shadow or their shadow just being thrown in their face (laughs) and we had um an epic three eclipses in a row last summer while six planets were retrograde um so I know some people probably don't know what that means, and and I know we don't have time to to go into everything. If you're not familiar with the term retrograde, I found this definition on time.com. Retrograde motion is when a planet appears to reverse direction. This happens due to an optical illusion caused by differences in orbit. And astrostyle.com says, much like a speeding car passing a slower one, the planet that's being passed will appear to stop and move backward. Then, once that planet completely passes the other one in its orbit, the motion appears normal again. You'll see in a moment that Shannon actually does give a brief explanation as to what retrograde is. I'll play it for you right now. Planets are retrograding, which is um, sort of a perceived backwards motion in the sky. That means basically our lives are not moving forward like they normally do. Astrostyle.com goes on to say something similar. The areas of your life that a retrograde planet influences can become weak, challenging, or troublesome during this cycle. I will just say that during the eclipse seasons, there's a real reshuffling of the cards that goes on spiritually. And eclipse windows uh, happen twice a year. 
and they are a time where there's a real acceleration of whatever's going on on a soul level. And so for the whole summer last year, there was this real reshuffling while we had six planets retrograde. And when the planets are retrograding, which is um, sort of a perceived backwards motion in the sky, that means basically our lives are not moving forward like they normally do. So there was this like sort of um, intense focus on deep shadow work while things were sort of chaotic and during the eclipse, um, you can't really see what's going on. The light is eclipsed. Uh, so we've sort of made it through that intensity and Jupiter is now in Sagittarius for this year, which is sort of like the Phoenix rising from the ashes coming out of the Scorpionic underworld. It's where you kind of reach the top of the mountain and you're like, whoo, I made it. So there's sort of that um, umbrella on 2019 is a little bit more optimism, a little more buoyancy. It's the year of the pig in Chinese astrology, which <laughs> just throw that in as well. Um, it's supposed to, you know, pigs are known to be sort of jovial and and social and, and lighthearted and generous and abundant. And so this feels like, you know, if we think of evolution as being peaks and valleys or death and rebirth, last year felt like a real death year. This year feels like a rebirth and 2020 is going to be quite an interesting, potentially extreme year. Um, so enjoy the tip of the wave this year, <laughs> basically. Right here, Shannon goes into detail about what's coming in 2019. It had a lot of astrological details, so I mixed it into a piece that was a little bit easier to understand for the average person. I'll play it for you now. So we're cleaning out our, it's like, a, it's a sort of cleaning out and a paying of karmic debt with a restructuring of our systems. And so we're sort of letting go of all of the elements in our world that are, um, you know, not of the highest vibration, that are um, not in alignment with our spiritual ideals. So there's like a, a destruction and a reconstruction going on to build a new foundation. From 2012 to 2016, was a major revolution of, of energies on the planet collectively. M pretty much ask anybody in their lives have been completely reshuffled in those years. And then now this year, it feels like we are um, legitimizing. We are actually making concrete these spiritual visions. And so there's this real opening for people who are on the path and doing the work to ascend into these higher levels of vibration. The Uranus that just moved into Taurus, we know heaven and earth coming together. So there's this real potential for an acceleration of the light body to open um, for people doing tantric work or just really embody a lot of embodiment work, meditation work. There's a real potential for an acceleration in that way, but it also can cause destabilization because it's a very highly high frequency. And so I've also noticed um, higher levels of anxiety in people and people that have some, had some health issues that were sort of on the edge, just fully manifesting because we're trying to uh, transform our, our bodies through like the electromagnetic energy to raise our vibration. And so there's really a speeding up going on with this Uranus moving into Taurus. And we have seven years to deal with this. Um, and Jupiter, as I said, there's this real potential for this renewed faith and these 
um, you know, real uh, embodied experiences of the light and of source energy. Really, people are, more and more people are being able to channel. But there's also a, um, a danger or a need to be cautious about the false prophet. This is really um, the shadow of Jupiter is is sort of like, you know, dogma and um, manipulation by spiritual teachers. And with so much seeking going on on the planet, there is also always a danger of the shadow coming in. And, you know, there's like so many ceremonies going on and, you know, shaman this and plant medicine that and all of that can be incredibly amazing. And there's there's potency to it. And there's also a danger of fragmentation, spiritual bypassing, um, you know, getting in line with someone who doesn't totally know what they're doing, the ego getting involved. So it's just a warning I'm, I'm sharing with my clients around really doing your homework and really not trying to skip steps by just accessing, you know, um, the spirit world through a, an abuse of those, some of those medicines. There is a strong emphasis also in the rebalancing of the masculine and the feminine people are really talking about that's really at the you know tip of consciousness the divine masculine divine uh, feminine so there's going to be you know as we move through these these eclipse portals this real deep um process emerge around these these opposites these opposite energies you know the the mother and the father the masculine and the feminine meaning you know internally how do we balance the two i know for me and some of the clients that I'm seeing right now, it's our world is so um, predominantly in masculine overdrive. And so to really balance the feminine isn't just to like honor the goddess in some worshipful way. It's about being in a receptive place and a yielding place to allow that creative feminine energy to flow, which for the feminine is their greatest gift. Have you done what you've signed up to do in your, you know, with your spiritual contract. From mid-June to the end of July, we will be in that sort of really potent time where the energies are going to be really um, sensitive and these themes of the Cancer uh, Capricorn will be up for everybody. So sorry that that was a lot. <laughs> that uh, was really helpful. Yeah, that was great. I'm curious, you know, as someone who's, you know, energetically sensitive, whatnot, I really feel and notice those eclipses. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I was wondering, you know, because you see all these other people, um, some who are going to be, you know, open spiritually that way, or some maybe that are less spiritually sensitive or in tune. Do you feel that uh, regardless, like the eclipses, are affecting everyone really powerfully, mm -hmm. whether or not they're sensitive to That's it? That's a good point. Um, so it, first of all, it depends on where they fall in your chart. And so even if you're spiritually sensitive, if they're not aspecting a planet in your chart, it could be quite mild. Um, and, uh, but no, I think that, I think, it, that's a really great question, actually. I had a talk with a woman the other day, and she was saying that a client of hers was stating, gosh, I thought whenever you wake up spiritually, life gets easier. And she was like, <laughs> who told you that? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know, so I, I think that when you are a sensitive and you are an empath, you are going to be feeling it more intensely, and you're going to be tuning into sort of the chaotic environment around. Um, and, you know, just, just to 
emphasize that there's there's nothing negative about the eclipse windows, but they can be destabilizing because there's a real re, um, acceleration of the energies. And so there's a lot of destabilization or chaos in the field because oftentimes people are asleep or they're not on the right path or it's time for someone to cross over or, or whatever, or they're walking the line between light and dark and here comes an eclipse and bam, they're gonna fall because whatever track you're on is going to be accelerated. So it can also be amazing things that happen, things you've been dreaming of or working on, they just come and pop out of nowhere. The things that happen during the eclipse window are significant for far-reaching periods of time. Um, but I will say that sometimes, you know, I, I look, I'll, I'll check in with like my parents. I'll be like, so y'all feel anything? Oh, just, you know, we watched our, you know, <laughs> finished our series on TV. And <laughs> I'm like, okay, you know, so that's that's a little bit of a tough question. I think it is it is more the people who are really engaging process that notice, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. when things are uh, more intense or accelerated. <laughs> Yeah, you, you mentioned um, earlier about 2019. A lot of things sounded actually pretty exciting about 2019, but one of the things that stood out to me was this, I guess, this Taurus period that's mm-hmm. going to last like seven years. Mm-hmm. And what do you think that that's all about? That's mm-hmm. like some major transition period, right? It is, yeah. Great question. Um, so Uranus, again, is this like higher consciousness. Uranus rules Aquarius. Every planet rules a sign and a house in astrology. Um, and here we are at the dawn of this new Aquarian age, right? And so yeah. the, the ages are actually 2160 years long. So these are talking about eras or epochs. And we're really at this gate of transitioning out of the Pisces age into the Aquarian age. So Uranus is sort of an agent of this Aquarian age. So its, it's energy is to liberate and to awaken. Um, one of the main things that stands out to me about the, the, the contrast between the Piscean age and the Aquarian age is that in the Pisces age, there was a real focus on belief of something outside of you. So we, for example, Christianity, right? Um, and the, the, the sh- transition now into the Aquarian age is going to be the experience of the divinity within. And so that comes through awakening and through the integration of the divine masculine and feminine, which returns to a state of divine androgyny. So whenever we're talking about a Uranus transit, it's trying to speed up evolution. It's trying to move us forward. So it burns through anything that's, um, you know, the old conventions or untruth or fear-based thought or, um, you know, just, uh, any kind of dynamic that is not of the highest vibration, basically. And so with it coming into Taurus, Taurus is um, the sign that rules, as I said, the earth and the body, the vessel. It has to do with uh, resources. So if we think about this higher consciousness energy coming into this lower sort of vibrational, slower energetic realm, it's wanting to help accelerate and bring progress, innovation, improvement, sustainability, because those are the higher energies that are gonna help move us forward into this new age, right? So in the Taurus, when it's coming down here, this is where we're gonna see these leaps in technology. Uranus rules technology because it's about the future. It's it's about this one mind, right? Returning to that Purusha. Um, we will see um, you know, innovation in um, 
sustainable living in agriculture, also this um, new uh, monetary system. That's also very Aquarian, you know, this cryptocurrency and all of that whole movement is about this higher consciousness coming into the earthly realm, which is our resources. And then, as I mentioned briefly, you know, with the actual physical body, we, we talk about this as electrified embodiment. We really do um, have, we are light. And so, you know, I know for a long time in my earlier years of awakening, that was very conceptual. Yeah, my light body, my light body, you know. And now through some of the practices and through some of the acceleration of what's been happening, I actually have this experience of that. And so more and more people are going to be accessing these these states of unity through, you know, the light consciousness. And that's another Uranian um, dimension as well. I, I, I see that reflected in my own life, too, a lot. A lot of what you're saying, you know. Nice. The, the period that you talked about from 2012 to 2016 uh-huh. where there was all this upheaval and right. this revolution. Yeah. And I think back to that and I remember, I don't know if you guys remember, there were there were a lot of protests mm-hmm. and all that stuff was totally. happening during that period. Yeah. And then you said 20, what was it, 2018 was like kind of like a, you described a wave, like a low point. Mm-hmm. And it did feel like that too mm-hmm. in my own life personally. Yeah. And, and as far as 2019 goes... Um, I'm seeing the same thing happen to myself spiritually where I'm having these experiences and when I'm meditating that I never had before. This is all kind of new to me. Like I'm not someone who works in this arena. I don't, I don't, I'm, I don't consider myself like a real spiritual person, but recently, like over the last couple of years, I have been like much more in tune with that part of my life. And it's kind of why I'm doing this podcast is because um, I'm getting in touch with that part of myself, and mm-hmm. it's really interesting. Like all the different people I'm meeting, and all the all the energy that's coming into my life now is just so different. You uh, know? Yeah. Well, it'd be interesting to see your chart to see what happened. You know, two years ago, it sounds like something was definitely illuminating to you or activating. You know, for you. Yeah. I'll I'll have to go see you sometime. <laughs> <laughs> Great. <laughs> yeah. So we should probably wrap up. Yeah, it's it's almost like coming up on an hour. Like that flew by. Yeah. Yeah, that was really great. But we did want to let you say like how can people find you? Oh, thank you so much. Yeah. yeah. So I am the director of a spiritual retreat center in South Austin with my partner, Russell. It's called Lotus Bend Sanctuary. And you can find us on Facebook or we have a website, which is lotusbend.net. And we do all kinds of uh, workshops and and day retreats and ceremonies. We really believe in, you know, we, we will always have some kind of astrological sort of umbrella over why we're getting together, but then we do all kinds of other fun things. We dance and we drum and we have a labyrinth and a sweat lodge. And so we really provide uh, a container for people to have a real felt experience of, of spirit, whatever that is for them. We have eight acres, it's really beautiful out there. And that's where I have my private practice. I see clients. And so you can find me. Uh, my website is Shannon. What's my website? ShannonLeeGill.com. And that's L-E-I. Uh, and you can also just email me at shiftshannon at gmail.com to set up an appointment. I'm also the president of the Astrological Society of Austin, as well as Astrum, which is a new organization that we've just birthed. And so we host two different um, astrological slash metaphysical events per month now. 
We have a couple coming up, one on lucid dreaming this month, one on human design next month, and then we have just very uh, astrologically based lectures also once a month for people who are a little bit more rigorous about the study. And we do all kinds of uh, fun things through that. So you can find us there through uh, astrologyaustin.org for all of those events. All right. Well, thank you so much. It sounds like you got a lot going on. Yeah, and, um, I do. Thank you. Thanks for sharing all of your wisdom and your gifts with us today. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Okay. So as you could tell, I was very interested in seeing what it would be like to visit Shannon as a client. So I went ahead and booked an appointment with her and we've made it into a whole new episode of its own. If you want to hear how that went, All the details are in the next episode. Before we end this episode, I just want to say thank you very much to Shannon Gill for coming on this podcast and for being such a great guest. If you want to know more about Shannon, you can find her website at shannonleegill.com. S-H-A-N-N-O-N-L-E-I-G-I-L-L.com. You can also find her at lotusbend.net, L-O-T-U-S-B-E-N-D.net. Or you can just Google Shannon Gill, Austin, Texas, and she's the top result. Thank you for listening to this episode of Beyond the Illusion. Take care.